Welcome to Rough Magic Performance Company's podcast, where women's stories take center stage. Season 1, The Macbeth Project. The Macbeth Project is made possible in part by our donors and the generosity of Inclusion Action, an organization that brings people together at the intersection of arts, business, and community to explore what it takes to advance equity and make a future that works for all, not some. To learn more about current projects and upcoming events, visit inclusionaction.com. Hi, I'm Catherine Justice, and I'm the co-artistic director of Rough Magic Performance Company. And in the Macbeth Project, I wrote the adaptation and played Lady Macbeth and one of the witches. I'm Elaine Hopkins, the other co-artistic director of Rough Magic Performance Company. And for the Macbeth Project, I read the parts of Banquo, the Doctor, and Lady Macduff. I'm Taj Ruler. For the Macbeth Project, I was the sound designer, as well as one of the witches, and Malcolm, and a servant. So Taj, for this project, you were really wearing two hats, and I'm curious what the experience was like coming in, knowing that you were reading a part or multiple parts for the Macbeth Project, but also serving as the sound designer. How did that work for you? I'll be honest, it was the first time I've kind of worn two hats in this capacity. It was really exciting and it was definitely like a little, it was like wearing two hats. I had to (laughs) take myself out of one to do the other. I couldn't really do both at the same time, um, which is what I learned. But I loved both of them equally. I just had to, I literally had to switch hats when it was time. You know, now that the podcast has been recorded and you're in the process of making the making it sound good are there things as far as the sound design goes like how are you creating the sort of the character or the world of the sound in the show like we don't have visuals to see in this podcast production so what are you doing with sound to kind of create the story yeah I just am such a sound nerd like I feel like I'm having the best time making all of the like elements that can really bring forth even though we can't see it the visuals of what is going on so it is like creating a lot of different characters in a way the underscoring and then also just the effects and I really love soundscaping in the sense that like you can layer so many things on top of one another and also trying the delicate balance of not taking away from the words and the actors. I want them to work together. I don't want it to ever feel like it's overpowering or overproduced over t- over the actors. It should work in harmony. So trying not to basically upstage with the sound and to have it be like a member of the ensemble almost to like have it have the sound be a generous player <laughs> and not like the diva. Yes. It's all an ensemble piece. Nobody wants to be upstaged, especially by a sound cue. (laughs) At least I wouldn't. So it is kind of a balance, but it's so much fun to tinker around with the, the literal balance of the sound. We talked about this, and I think we can say it like there are some sounds that I've been working with that just didn't work. It sounds distracting, and you want to get rid of those because that is not the objective of the the piece as a whole. Yeah, who who knew footsteps were so hard? Mm, they are <laughs> challenging to make and to recreate unless I was doing some Foley sounds with just walking around, but even that's hard because like where are they located? In a castle. Okay, so it has to be echoey. How do I create an echoey footstep either by myself using my own feet or with 
just sounds that I can like try to you know make around my apartment <laughs> it's, it's challenging and I've like you know tried to even like find some online but to get the like delicate balance of like making sure that it's not you know literally overstepping <laughs> on the actors it reminds me a little of you know when you see a show and there's like garbage it like supposedly in, as part of the set design and it looks so neat and so like intentional the way people have laid the garbage on the stage that it's like that's fake garbage and the footsteps it's kind of reminded me of that of like it's really hard to make them organic and make them sound like real and that's interesting yeah who knew that footsteps would be a problem but thank you cat for saying just get rid of them because it's made my job much easier i'm curious about these sounds that you're creating like are you like recording like actually like unsheathing a dagger in your house or like where where are they coming from the ones you're creating some of them are just being made like kind of from scratch I'll find a sound online like if I like a knife sound and I will listen to it and then try to recreate that or use that as like a jumping off point like the dagger the dagger sound that you were mentioning was a bass sound of a knife pull I think it was like sharpening knife and I was like let's start there it's been a fun process to create it. I've also realized I was like, oh, this is um not something I was as good at as <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> so I'm very grateful for other people that have put out free sounds online that I can manipulate, which is much easier than just creating from scratch, which is what I was trying to do with Footsteps, which I will not be doing in the future. Have you ever worked on a project like this before, doing the creating a soundscape? Oh, not to this extent. So when I was in college, my like other major um, other than theater was sound theory and sound design. So I loved listening to sound. Like most of the papers I wrote were about the like score. Specifically, I went into horror movies because the sound is like so crucial when you are watching a horror movie, which I think a lot of people take for granted. It's perfect, too, that it's horror. That was your original sound passion, because that's so in the world of this show. I'm particularly, like, the scary things about Macbeth right now, like, there's the obvious of, like, the witches and the murder and, you know, that element. And then there's the other layer of, like, the the fear that comes from having a leader who you realize does not have the nation's best interest at heart. Um, just feeling a little relevant right now. So the story is just resonating for me on just so many of those levels of just both like this, just this, the joy of being afraid on some level. Like that's what we like with horror movies is it's actually kind of fun to be scared by them. But I think that's the, the joy of horror is that there is something exciting and fun. And I feel like your sounds are starting to really bring that out of like the, the witches and their, their breathing and their um, that little scream that they have at the beginning is just terrifyingly wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you, Taj, so much for just being a part of this project with us. It's just, it's been a joy, as always. It has been a true honor, as always, to work with you both. And I just love this project. And I can't wait for people to kind of like dive into this next episode, too, because I, it's just been so, so much fun to do. Faceless and pale as China, your absence is inconspicuous. Nobody can tell what I lack. 
Now silence after silence offers itself. The wind stops my breath like a bandage. Ghost of a leaf, ghost of a bird. I circle the rhythm trees while the heath grass glitters and the swindling rivulets unspool and spend themselves. My mind runs with them. My mind runs with them. My mind runs with them. Back in the forest, the three witches return with a large cauldron. Thrice the brinded cat hath mewed. Thrice and one the hedgepig whined. Round about the cauldron go, in the poisoned entrails throw. Sweltered venom sleeping got, boil thou first in the charmed pot. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Filet of a finny snake in the cauldron boil and bake. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog, for a charm of powerful treble, like a hell broth boil and bubble. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Scale of dragon, tooth of wolf, witch's mummy, maw and gulf. Finger of a birth-strangled babe, ditch delivered by a drab. Make the gruel thick and slab, and there too a tiger's chaudron for the ingredients of our cauldron. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. King Macbeth strides into the glen. How now, you secret black and midnight hags? What is it you do? A deed without a name. I conjure you by which you profess. Where you come to know it, answer me. Speak. Demand. We'll answer. An apparition of a head with an armored helmet arises from the cauldron. It speaks through the voice of the first witch. Macbeth, Macbeth, Macbeth. Beware, Macduff. Beware the Thane of Fife. Dismiss me. Enough. The apparition descends. Where thou art? For thy good caution, thanks. Thou hast harped my fear aright. But one word more. He will not be commanded. Here's another more potent than the first. A second apparition of a bloody child appears from the cauldron. It speaks through the voice of the second witch. Macbeth! 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 Had I three ears, I'd hear thee. Be bloody, bold, and resolute. Laugh to scorn the power of man, for none of woman born shall harm Macbeth. The apparition descends back into the cauldron. Then live, Macduff. What need I fear of thee? 
A third apparition of a child with a crown arises from the cauldron, with a tree in his hand. It speaks through the voice of the third witch. What is this? It rises like the issue of a king, and wears upon his baby brow the round and top of sovereignty. Be lion-mettled, proud, and take no care who chafes, who frets, or where conspirers are. Macbeth shall never vanquished be until great Burnham Wood to high Dunsinay Hill shall come against him. The apparition descends back into the cauldron. That will never be. Who can impress the forest? Bid the tree unfix his earthbound root. Sweet bodements. Good. Rebellious dead, rise never till the wood of Burnham rise, and our high-placed Macbeth shall live the lease of nature. Yet my heart throbs to know one thing. Tell me, if your art can tell so much, shall Banquo's issue ever reign in this kingdom? Seek to know no more. I will be satisfied. Deny me this, and an eternal curse fall on you. Let me know. The cauldron sinks into the earth. Why sinks that cauldron? And what noise is this? Show. 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 Show his eyes and grieve his heart. Come like shadows, so depart. From the earth, a show of eight kings arises. The eighth king, with a glass in his hand, appears as the ghost of Banquo. Thou art too like the spirit of Banquo. Down! Thy crown to sear mine eyeballs. Filthy hags, why do you show me this? The apparitions disappear. What? Is this so? Aye, sir, all this is so. Oh, why stand Macbeth thus amazedly? Come, sisters, cheer we up his spirits and show the best of our delights. I'll charm the air to give a sound while you perform an antic round that this great king may kindly say our duties did his welcome pay. Where are they? Gone? At this pernicious hour stand I accursed in the calendar. Come in. Without there. A servant of the king rides up. My lord, I bring you word. Macduff is fled to England. Fled to England? I, my good lord, the son of Duncan that lives in the English court and is received of the most pious Edward with such grace that the malevolence of fortune nothing takes from his high respect. Thither Macduff is gone to pray the holy king upon his aid to prepare for some attempt of war. The castle of Macduff I will surprise. Seize upon Fife. Give to the edge of the sword his wife, his babes, and all unfortunate souls that trace him in his line. No boasting like a fool, this deed I'll do before this purpose cool. Lady Macduff and her son are sheltering in their castle in Scotland. What had he done to make my lord fly the land? To leave his wife, to leave his babes, his mansion and his titles in a place from whence himself does fly. He loves us not. Fathered he is, and yet he's fatherless. Sirrah, your father's dead. And what will you do now? How will you live? 
As birds do, mother. What? With worms and flies. With what I get, I mean, and so do they. Poor bird. Thou'dst never fear the net, nor lime, the pitfall, nor the gin. Why should I, mother? Poor birds that are not set for. My father is not dead, for all you're saying. Yes, he is dead. How wilt thou do for a father? Nay, how wilt you do for a husband? Thou speak'st with all thy wit. Was my father a traitor, mother? Ay, that he was. What is a traitor? Why, one that swears and lies. And be all traitors that do so? Every one that does so is a traitor and must be hanged. And must they all be hanged that swear and lie? Every one. Who must hang them? Why, the honest men. Then the liars and swearers are fools, for there are liars and swearers enough to beat the honest men and hang them up. Now, God help thee, poor monkey. A man enters. It is the same man of King Macbeth's court who murdered Banquo. Where is your husband? I hope in no place so unsanctified where such as thou mayst find him. He's a traitor. Thou liest, thou shag-eared villain! What, you egg? Young fry of treachery! Mother, run away, I pray you! The deed is done. On Macbeth's orders, the murderer has killed the wife and children of his rival. Lord Macduff. In England, the exiled Prince Malcolm and Lord Macduff reflect on the state of Scotland. Let us seek out some desolate shade and there weep our sad bosoms empty. Let us rather hold fast the mortal sword and, like good men, bestride our downfall and burgdom. This tyrant whose sole name blisters our tongues, was once thought honest. You have loved him well. He hath not touched you yet. I am young, but something you may deserve of him through me, and wisdom to offer up a weak, poor, innocent lamb, tis appease an angry god. I am not treacherous. But Macbeth is. Why in that rawness left you wife and child? Those precious motives, those strong knots of love, without leave-taking. Lord Ross, having fled King Macbeth's court, enters the room. My ever-gentle cousin, welcome hither. Sir, amen. Dad, Scotland, where it did? Alas, poor country, almost afraid to know itself. It cannot be called our mother, but our grave, where nothing but who knows nothing is once seen to smile. What's the newest grief? Would I could answer this comfort with the like... But I have words that would be howled out in the desert air, where hearing should not latch them. What concern they? The general cause? Or is it a fee grief due to some single breast? The main part pertains to you alone. If it be mine, keep it not from me. Quickly, let me have it. Your castle is surprised, your wife and babes savagely murdered. Already, your doll grip lets go. My children, too? Wife, children, servants, all that could be found. And I must be from thence. My wife killed, too? I have said. Dispute it like a man. I shall do so. But I must also feel it as a man. Cannot but remember such things were that were most precious to me. Sinful Macduff, they were all struck for thee, not that I am not for their own demerits, but for mine. 
fell slaughter on their souls. Heaven rest them now. Be this the wet zone of your sword. Let grief convert to anger. Blunt not the heart, enrage it. Oh, I could play the woman with mine eyes and braggart with my tongue. But, gentle heavens, cut short all intermission, front for front. Bring thou this fiend of Scotland and myself. Within my sword's length set him. If he scape, heaven forgive him too. This tune goes manly. What does the tyrant? Great Dunsinane, he strongly fortifies. Some say he is mad, others that lesser hate him do call it valiant fury. But for certain he cannot buckle his distempered cause with the belt of rule. Now does he feel his secret murders sticking on his hands. Now minutely revolts upbraid his faith breach. Those he commands move only in command, nothing in love. Now does he feel his title hang loose about him like a giant's robe upon a dwarfish thief. Come, go we to the king. Our power is ready. Our lack is nothing but our leave. Macbeth is ripe for shaking, and the powers above put on their instruments. Receive what cheer you may. The night is long that never finds the day. Macbeth's Castle. King Macbeth and a doctor walk down a corridor. I have two nights watched, but can perceive no truth in your report. I have seen her rise from her bed, throw her nightgown upon her, unlock her closet, take forth paper, fold it, write upon it, read it, afterwards seal it, and again return to bed. Yet all this while in a most fast sleep. In this slumbery agitation... What have you heard her say? That, sir, which I will not report after her. Lady Macbeth walks out of her bedroom and into the corridor asleep, ritualistically wringing her hands. Lo, you, here she comes. This is her very guise, and upon my life fast asleep. Observe her, stand close. You see, her eyes are open. Aye, but their scents are shut. What is it she does now? Look how she rubs her hands. It is an accustomed action with her to seem thus washing her hands. I have known her continue in this a quarter of an hour. Yet here's a spot. Out! Damned spot! Out, I say! One, two... Brood, rooted in their heaped losses. Why then tis time to do it? Hell is murky. Fine, my lord. Soldier and a feared? What need we fear who knows it when none can call our power to account? Yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? The Thane of Fife had a wife. Where is she now? I lose sight of you on your blind journey. What? Will these hands ne'er be clean? No more of that, my lord. No more of that. You mar all with this starting. Your cry fades like the cry of a gnat. Go to. Go to. You have known what you should not. There's the smell of blood still. All the perfumes in Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. Oh, oh, oh. Wash your hands. Put on your nightgown. Look not so pale. I tell you yet again, Banquo's buried. He cannot come out of his grave. Even so? To bed, to bed. 
There's knocking at the gate. Come, 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 come. Give me your hand. What's done cannot be undone. To bed, to bed, to bed. The swindling rivulets unspool and spin themselves. My mind runs with them. My mind runs with them. Lady Macbeth wanders back into her bedroom. Is she going out to bed? Directly. Our whisperings are abroad. Infected minds to their deaf pillows will discharge their secrets. God, God forgive us all. Look after her. The English power is near. Led on by Malcolm, Lord Ross, and the good Macduff. Revenges burn in them. King Macbeth paces through his castle, followed by servants and soldiers. All his lords have abandoned him. Bring me no more reports. Let them fly all. Till Burnham Wood removed to Dunsinane, I cannot taint with fear. Was the boy Malcolm? Was he not born of woman? The spirits that know all mortal consequences have pronounced me thus. Fear not, Macbeth. No man that's born of woman shall e'er have power upon thee. Then fly, false thanes, and mingle with the English epicures. The mind I sway by and the heart I bear shall never sag with doubt nor shake with fear. A servant runs in. There is ten thousand soldiers, sir. Go prickly thy face and overread thy fear, thou lily-livered boy. What soldiers, Patch? The English force, so please you. I'll fight till from my bones my flesh be hacked. Give me my armor. Tis not needed yet. I'll put it on. Send out more horses. Scur the country round. Hang those that talk of fear. Give me mine armor. Lady Macbeth enters with the doctor. Oh now, my lady, why do you keep alone? Of sorriest fancies your companions making, using those thoughts which should indeed have died with them they think on. Things without all remedy should be without regard. What's done is done. Let the frame of things disjoint. Both the worlds suffer. Ere we will eat our meal in fear and sleep in the affliction of these terrible dreams that shake us nightly? Better be with the dead, whom we to gain our peace have sent to peace, than on the torture of the mind to lie in restless ecstasy. Lady Macbeth walks back out. How does your patient, doctor? Not so sick, my lord, as she is troubled with thick-coming fancies that keep her from her rest. Cure her of that. Canst thou not minister to a mind diseased, pluck from the memory a rooted sorrow, raise out the written troubles of the brain, and with some sweet, oblivious antidote cleanse that stuffed bosom of that perilous stuff which weighs upon the heart? Therein the patient must minister to himself. Throw physic to the dogs. I'll none of it. Come, put mine armor on. Give me my staff. I will not be afraid of death and bane till Burnham Forest come to Dunsinane. Prince Malcolm, Lord Macduff, and the English army gather on the outskirts of Burnham Forest. Cousins, I hope the days are near at hand that chambers will be safe. What wood is this before us? The wood of Burnham. Let every soldier hew him down a bow and bear it before him. 
Thereby shall we shadow the number of our host and make discovery ere in report of us. The time approaches. That will, with due decision, make us know what we shall say we have and what we owe. Thoughts speculative their unsure hopes relate, but certain issues strokes must arbitrate. Within the castle, Macbeth gathers his army. Hang out our banners on the outward walls. The cry is still, they come. Our castle's strength will laugh a siege to scorn. Here, let them lie till famine and the og eat them up. What is that noise? It is the cry of a woman, my good lord. I've almost forgot the taste of fears. The time has been my senses would have cooled to hear a night shriek, and my fell of hair would at a dismal treaties rouse and stir as life were in't. I have supped full with horrors. Ghost of a leaf, ghost of a bird. Wherefore was that cry? The queen, my lord, is dead. She should have died hereafter. There would have been a time for such a word. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Nobody Nobody can tell what I lack. A soldier runs in. Thou comest to use thy tongue. Thy story, quickly! Gracious my lord, I should report that which I say I saw, but know not how to do it. Well, say, sir. As I did stand my watch upon the hill, I looked toward Burnham, and anon methought the wood began to move. Liar and slave! Let me endure your wrath, if it be not so. Within this three mile you may see it coming, I say, a moving grove. If thou speak'st false, upon the next tree shall thou hang alive till famine cling thee. If thy speech be sooth, I care not if thou dost for me as much. I pull in resolution and begin to doubt the equivocation of the fiend that lies like truth. Not till Burnham Wood do come to Dunsinane, and now a wood comes toward Dunsinane. Arm! Arm and out! This which he avouches does appear, there is nor flying hence nor tarrying here. I begin to be aweary of the sun, and wish the estate of the world were now undone. Ring the alarm bell! Blow, wind, come rack. At least we'll die with harness on our back. The battle has begun. Despite his viciousness on the battlefield, Macbeth is outnumbered and the tide turns against him. They have tied me to a stake. I cannot fly. But bear-like I must fight the course. What's he that was not born of woman? Such a one am I to fear, or none. In the fray of the battle, Lord Macduff searches for King Macbeth. That way the noise is. Tyrant, show thy face. If thou be a slain and with no stroke of mine, my wife and children's ghost will haunt me still. 
King Macbeth steps forward. The rivals circle each other. Why should I play the Roman fool and die on mine own sword? Whilst I see lives, the gashes do better upon them. Turn, hellhound, turn! Of all men else I have avoided thee. But get thee back. My soul is too much charged with blood of thine already. I have no words. My voice is in my sword. Thou bloodier villain than terms can give thee out. Thou losest labor. As easy mayst thou the entrenchant air with thy keen sword impress as make me bleed. Let fall thy blade on vulnerable crests. I bear a charmed life which must not yield to one of woman born. Despair thy charm, and let the angel whom thou still hast served tell thee Macduff was from his mother's womb untimely ripped. Accursed be that tongue that tells me so. I will not yield to kiss the ground before young Malcolm's feet and to be baited with the rabble's curse. Though Burnham would become to Dunsinane, and thou opposed, being of no woman born, yet I will try the last. Before my body I throw my warlike shield. Lay on Macduff, and damned be him that cries, Hold! Enough! Macbeth is slain. Prince Malcolm and his army arrive. As they approach, Lord Macduff holds up Macbeth's severed head. Hail, King, for so thou art. Behold where stands the usurper's cursed head. The time is free. I see thee compassed with thy kingdom's pearl, that speak my salutation in their minds, whose voices I desire aloud with mine. Hail, King of Scotland! My thanes and kinsmen, henceforth be earls, the first that ever Scotland in such an honor named. What's more to do, as calling home our exiled friends abroad that fled the snares of watchful tyranny, producing forth the cruel ministers of this dead butcher and his fiend-like queen, who, as tis thought, by self and violent hands took off her life. This, and what needful else that calls upon us, by the grace of grace, we will perform in measure, time, and place. So thanks to all at once and to each one, whom we invite to see us crowned at Skond. The Macbeth Project is brought to you by Rough Magic Performance Company, a professional theater company dedicated to supporting women artists and telling women's stories. The Macbeth Project, direction by Tracy Maloney. Sound design and engineering by Taj Ruler. Adapted from the Shakespeare by Catherine Justice, with excerpts from Parliament Hill Fields by Sylvia Plath. The cast of The Macbeth Project includes Amy Bryant, Ashanti Sakina Ford, Elaine Hopkins, Catherine Justice, Katie Kaufman, and Taj Ruler. Full credits are available in the show notes and on our website. If you enjoyed The Macbeth Project, please consider making a donation to Rough Magic in support of our mission of bringing women's stories center stage. Tax-deductible contributions can be made at www.roughmagicperformance.org. Please consider writing a review or giving us a five-star rating to help us spread the word about the Rough Magic podcast. The Macbeth Project is dedicated to the memory and creative, generous spirit of James Vichulik.